Hello and welcome to the Saturday Night Sound Podcast. He is Chris Marler. I am Connor O'Gara. Marler, you had yourself a day on Friday. My goodness. What? Uh, yeah, what an incredible time to be alive on Friday. Friday was the best day of my life. Probably. I, I mean, Allie earmuffed. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, nothing nothing crazy's happened with me and Allie yet. Like, like we haven't gotten married. We haven't had a kid. So it's like, I'm, I'm in the clear. Yeah, but I mean, like, that was so long ago. People forget that now. It was like, that was back in 2008, I'm pretty sure. When me and Allie got engaged, the Black Eyed Peas were still topping the charts. I'm almost positive of it. <laughs> no? Okay. <laughs> so, but I told I told this to Daniel Brams, um, who's the producer of the Fine Bomb Show, who sent me that text. And, um, and he was like, yeah, man, uh... It, I was like, this is like the best day of my life. And he's like, yeah, I figured I would just help you out. And now you don't have to have a kid. And I was like, thank you. It's <laughs> really nice of you. It was nice of him. Very nice yeah. of him. It was a great day. For, it, was, um, it was awesome. For those who didn't see, tell everybody kind of what exactly you did on Friday to make it the best day of your life. Okay, so on Friday morning at 6.30 in the morning, I was on ESPN2, and I did stand-up comedy during a Korean baseball game, which I know you're, you're thinking to yourself, Chris, that doesn't sound like a very good room for stand-up comedy. It is not, but it actually went over really well. Um, a lot I thought of it did. Buddy, I, th- I did, too. I, th- I appreciate that. Our buddy Tom Hart reached out, and he was like, hey, ma'am, do you want to do, um, do, do some stand-up? And I thought he was kidding. I thought he was 100% kidding. And then um, this was like a couple weeks ago, and then he was like, yeah, we're going to try to get you on there. And I got, I got bumped for Tim Kirkchen. What you know, Tim Kirchin talking about like that whole thing. I'm gonna say it. He's he's better than you. Uh, I'm just yeah. I would agree it. with that. So, but I was like, I just again, I thought he was kidding, and so then then it turns out he wasn't kidding, and so he called me like later in the week. And he's like, hey, this Friday you want to do it? And so I texted Tom, and I was like, yeah, man, that sounds awesome. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna text you my like I'm gonna call you and go over my set for you and see what you think. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you're not gonna do that because I I don't care. We're not going to do that at all. And I was like, all right, yeah, cool. That's what I was thinking, too. That's totally. Um, so, so so then he, he told me, he's like, hey, like you're going to come on Friday morning. So anyway, I, I get up um, like 545. I'm like, you know, I'm freaking out. I'm all excited because I'm going to be on national television. It's the first time on national television, especially doing stand-up comedy. So I like go to Starbucks. I come back. I'm all pumped. And I get this text. Um, I get this text from, or I'm sorry, I get a phone call at 615. It's like, hey. This is the producer of the show. Are you ready? And I was like, what? Like, no, I thought I had like 15 more minutes. Like, what's going on? And I was like, well, how much time do I have? He goes, we're going live in 10 seconds. And I like full on meltdown. He's like, ah, I'm just kidding, man. We're not doing that yet. And I was like, okay, real funny joke. Um, so, so then I went on. I went live. And, um, and I was riding that, that high for a long time. It was really cool. It was, it was a really cool thing. And then I was like, you know what? Listen, um, Usually Fridays are slow anyway. I'm going to take a little bit of a nap, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just take a nap, kind of relax a little bit because I was up super early. And I wake up from this nap, and I have a text from Danny Brams. And it's like, hey, are you free at 6.15? And I was like, for what? And he was like, for the Fine Bomb Show. And I very professionally responded with, are you And he was like, uh, no, I'm not, Chris. <laughs> Paul says it's time. And I was like, well, if Paul says it's time, I guess it's time. Let's do this. And... Then I got to go on uh, the Fine Bomb show, and so um, it was awesome, man. It was awesome. And then Paul asked me a bunch of questions about comedy, like I was some kind of expert. It was really <laughs> surreal and crazy, and it was like, but it, and, then I, and then I sent this terrible headshot. I sent this just horrifically bad headshot because they were like, they're like, hey, just send us a picture of you real quick. And I was like, can you use my Twitter one? And he's like, we prefer one that's not just your chest and like need like your actual shoulders and and head in it too and i was like oh, okay so then like i like take a bunch of pictures and i can tell you right now they were all awful so i was like i'm not gonna do this i'll send in another picture and and for whatever reason in my head i was like that one's good and it wasn't it was so bad it, it looked like i was confused and somebody had just asked me a question or i was like mid-sentence it was very bizarre but it went over well <laughs> for those who don't know on the fine bomb show when they don't have an image where they feel like they can use your full like it's not like really a good full body shot. Yeah. They have to basically Photoshop in that like 
that full suit that they have. So I was wearing a suit in the picture I sent him. Which, which is the really ironic thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is like, because you would think that you were just like wearing a t-shirt for that picture yeah. and they photoshopped the suit on, but they photoshopped their own suit on top of Over my suit, suit. yeah. It's great. <laughs> it's it was great. really funny. And then, um, and it, there's like, I put it up all over my social media and, and there's a, a clip obviously of, um, of me and Paul. And it, basically I was like, you know, he, he was, I was like, brought up like the, the restraining order thing. And, and he was like, yeah, um, you know, we actually voted 5-4. There's nine of us. We voted 5-4 to have you on. I voted against it. And I was like, well, honestly, it, <laughs> now that I'm looking at this picture, I would have done the same thing, Paul. So it's totally fine. Totally fine. So. Right. It was all Marler. It was an all Marler sort of day. It was really cool being able to wake up at 6.05, 6.15, whenever I woke up when it's pitch black outside. I'm like, oh, I'll just pull up my phone and watch Marlar on ESPN2 right now. I appreciate now. that, dude. Yeah, and then, of course, that's, you know, 20 minutes later of you still being able being on, which I didn't Why think, was I still on? <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Time, like, I kept waiting for them to give you the outro because you had told me it was two minutes of stand-up, and then I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, wait a minute. They're just they're just gonna keep them on the rest of the inning. They're, yeah. The longer this inning goes, the more you're gonna have live on air on ESPN two. Gave the podcast a nice shout out. Gave Pastor Patty Sue a nice shout out. She got so many shout outs. Did she, wait? She got so she got several from because you're like as soon as, she, as I got on. Yeah, well, so as soon as soon as I got on, and it was funny because like like I had a list. I was like, okay, I need to mention SCS. I need to mention Connor. I need to mention. My mom, I need to mention this. Like, that's it. Like, so I had this, like, very short list of things I need to mention. And so, and then, of course, and, I, and I'm sure you get this, too, but, like, once I got on there, I was like, okay, yeah, I got, like, and I was, like, freaking out. Like, I, like, I didn't remember all this. And so Tom kept going, like, Chris, you also have a shout-out. I'm not, or I'm, or I'm sorry, you have a podcast. I'm not trying yep. to tell you how to live your life. Maybe give that a shout-out real quick. And, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, thanks, man. Thanks, Tom. But it was funny because, like, I was gonna, I was gonna give a, a shout out to my mom at the very end, and at the, and the very beginning, Tom immediately was like, "By the way, your mom is probably watching. She's a pastor. She has two burner uh, or two Twitter <laughs> accounts. What's that like?" And I was like, "It was just so bizarre." But it was funny because it was like, um, if you and if you missed the stand up, it was I, I had written this like a couple weeks ago, and, and I like I, I stand by everything I said. If you missed it, it's basically just like. It's, it's stuff I've said on here. I guarantee you mm -hmm. I could have been a professional baseball player in the 20s and 30s. And so, and it was funny because, like, my, co my college baseball coach saw it. He has not responded yet to his, mm. his, uh, his thoughts on it. But, like, all my old teammates saw it. They were cracking up. Um, all my family members, like, from, like, all over, like, I guess, like, the world. Because, like, I had my aunt and uncle in, like, Greece and the Bahamas. They were all checking it out. And so it was really cool. But then the funny part was, like, at the end of it, I tied in a little SEC thing. And I did this. I did the... Not a Coach O impression, but I did my Louis Armstrong impression, which is, I'll make no apologies, it's spot on, it's unbelievably good. And I was like, he sounds like Coach O if he went to art school. This stranger on the internet got so mad about that comment. He was livid. And he's like, no one will ever remember anything you just did. People will remember Louis Armstrong for the past 85 years. So anyway, that was my day. It was a great Challenge time. accepted, you know? Yeah, there you go. It was uh, it was fun to be able to see that 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 first time you go on fine bomb just when the nerves kick in because like at this point you know both of us sick brag here like we've been fortunate enough to be able to do different radio and you do all the TV stuff and stuff during mm -hmm. the fall but that first fine bomb call there's like a different set set of nerves that are associated Dude. with it just because it's it's not so much that oh like crap this is gonna be on SEC Network live right now. Yeah. It's fine bomb. It's 100% fine bomb because the way they ask questions is different and it's unique than any other person. I deal with radio hosts all the time, all yeah. the time. But fine bomb just has a way of making sure that he is always going to be in control of what comes out. Yep. And he says stuff at a tempo that just always kind of keeps you a little bit on your heels. And I, I yeah. don't know if there's anything that can really compare to what he does, but I was so glad to get to see, like, you get to be able to have this this cool experience. Because, like, you've gotten to do so many cool things at this point. Yeah. But doing that was, like, the last big thing. Like, it was like, a big hurdle. Like, when is it going to happen? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, awesome. I, and I really do appreciate that, man. I, I really do. And I, I thought about, honestly, after I sent that godforsaken headshot, I kept thinking, I was like, I should have sent... Like, if there was a way to have the Connor Noguera picture 
in the background. <laughs> like that would have been like like, but we we were both in it. You know what I mean? That would have been that would have been so awesome. But it was it was funny because it's like, and I, and I, I say this a lot because because the people that call into the Feinbaum show, it's a, it's a it's like a bizarre show. But I've I've been listening to Paul Feinbaum and getting irrationally angry as a Bama fan since like 2001. Right? You know what I mean? And then like and now that like I'm a, an adult and also doing this as like a career, I don't get like. I don't get like been out of shape about anything he says or the caller say. It's just because it's like I understand like it's theater almost. But I came away with such a huge respect for him because like Paul Feinbaum is a, a very smart person. Like he's a very smart. He is a smart man. But like I don't think Paul Feinbaum knows the ins and outs of stand up comedy. And he was just on the fly. I was like, let's talk to this guy who's always wanted to be on the show. Let's talk to him specifically about stand up comedy. And let's just go from there. And he did it for like 15 minutes. And just like, like, like it was natural. He had no qualms with or any issues talking about that subject. It was really cool. It was really cool. I Very a awesome off, experience. Uh, know that there will be. <laughs> I played a $30 scratch off on Saturday and the, and the luck has run out. It's, it's, the universe is back to normal. So Yeah. Uh, I would expect nothing less from Uncle Chris. We do have a couple of things, big things that we're going to be talking about today. One of which being the AP Top 25, the weird, strange AP Top 25 that still had teams ranked for uh, teams that have canceled fall seasons, postponed fall seasons, whatever you want to call them. That we are going to talk a lot about. We also have a little something that I wanted to get to at the end, and it's something that I think college football fans, especially those outside of the Power Five conferences that are playing this year, are going to be talking about a lot, and that is whether or not the college football playoff national championship should count, if it's going to have right. an asterisk over it. I have some thoughts on that subject, and of course, a lot on the AP Top 25. But before we get to all of that, Marler, can you first tell us about our friends at Bet Online? Oh, our good friends at Bet Online. In full force, um, yeah. There's a lot, a lot going on right now. Um, I've told you about this last week. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. We'll take it back to one of the other highlights from Friday, as you know that it was my day, because they asked me there. They were like, "Hey, you've been keeping up with Korean baseball," and I was like, "From a gambling standpoint, yes, yes, I have." And if you were watching, Connor, you remember me saying this. They said, "Hey, what are you betting on today?" And I said, "I tell you what, I'm betting on the Canucks scoring first against the Blues," mm-hmm. and they did. And they did. So um, yeah, it was kind of funny. That's that is one of the uh, one of the things that you can bet on. Obviously, you can bet on the NHL playoffs. You can bet on uh, the NBA playoffs. You can bet on baseball. All these things. And very soon, we're gonna be able to bet on college football as well. So they had the team totals up. I'm really excited about that. We'll get to more of that. I think later, maybe this week or next. But go to betonline.ag today. Set up an account. Start gambling. Start winning today. The first. AP Top 25 poll, the preseason poll that was going to be unlike any other for a various obvious reason, being that the teams who have no fall season to play are still going to be ranked in the poll. So those who are paying attention the last few weeks, they already knew that information. So when the poll came out on Monday, they weren't as surprised. Right. Nonetheless, it was still weird. Nine teams who will not be playing football this fall were ranked in the preseason AP Top 25. A couple of those more notables being Ohio State at number two. You had Penn State and Oregon as well in the top 10. That in itself is just bizarre because as soon as the action starts, these teams are going to not be eligible to be voted for. So in other words, this is going to change drastically by the time the SEC even starts playing in the last week of September. That dynamic in itself is just so bizarre and it's going to make the first really month and a half of the AP poll just a total crapshoot and I'm going to have no idea where to go with it. Yeah, the whole thing was pretty bizarre in my opinion. It was I I don't understand necessarily why we did that. I don't understand why we I, I I'm sure there's people that are smarter than me that are in charge of this and that's why we did it and maybe it's because Hey, we want to give them a shout out for one week, but it's still kind of odd. To it's me bragging like, things. It's yeah, bragging but, things with the program. They want to be able to do that, right? And so you're gonna you're gonna see stuff like next year. It's like this is the third straight year or the 20th straight year. The Ohio State Buckeyes have come out ranked in the top 10 or whatever. And and I get that that whole point, but at the same time, it's like we're we're far enough removed from everything that's happened. It's like why why did we do this? Like why like why did we? And I tell you what, when you have some of those like week one matchups. 
I don't understand why we wouldn't just dive right into it. You know what I mean? And be like, hey, we have. Well, actually, I'm trying to look at what week one matchups we would have, but. Um, yeah, there's not I, really. You know what I mean? Better. Yeah, <laughs> but I just I'm kind of, well, like think about like Auburn, Kentucky. That's a ranked matchup, right? Like most likely, if you take out. But all it's these not going to happen for right another month now, and there's going to be right. preseason. There's going to be AP polls that come out before then, so I I don't even know what this is going to look like week yeah. to week. I don't think the voters. That is know. another thing too, because it's like the seasons aren't going to be at the same time, which is kind of odd. Like I don't. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot to wrap our heads around but anyway go ahead had to be just a really tough pill for ohio state fans to swallow to look at that ranking and see number two next to it see that ohio state got i think it was 21 first place votes behind of course clemson at number one i had kind of wondered if voters were subconsciously going to drop ohio state a little bit to to the number three spot and to move alabama up to number two just as sort of like a hey as I often criticize voters of doing, I think they do too much projecting instead of where is this team going to be if they stepped on a field tomorrow. Right. So that's, but that ultimately did not happen. And it didn't happen as much as I thought it was going to be throughout the top 25 for those teams who have canceled fall seasons. The SEC has six teams in the top 13, seven teams in the top 25. In case you that's missed different. it or, or you need a little reminder, Alabama is at number three, Georgia's at number four, LSU at number six, Florida at number eight, Auburn at number 11, Texas A&M number 13, and Tennessee rounding out the top 25 at number 25. We're back, baby! Here's the thing. Remember a few weeks ago, or this was at least a month ago at this point, because, I mean, time is a flat circle. I don't really know how it exists Mm -hmm. in this current world, but when the SEC announced that it was going to this conference-only schedule, and there's this initial fear of the league is going to cannibalize itself and it's going to not have a chance to make the playoff or maybe the you know, playoff odds are going to be that much tougher. Here's the thing. The SEC is automatically going to have a team in the playoff. There's no question yeah. about it. And this narrative of what is the best power conference, who is the be- the premier power five conference this year, how is it really going to change in a season in which it's conference-only schedules, and the SEC is sitting there with as many teams in the preseason top 25 as the Big 12 and ACC combined. I don't know how we're what could possibly happen to make yeah. us think in November or December that the SEC isn't the best team and that the SEC doesn't have the best conference in the country when all they're doing is facing each other. And how will that not benefit the SEC when it comes to the playoff selection show? Because I, I don't trust anyone or anything in, in 2020. That's the only answer I could give you right now. It, it's one of those things where it's, it's odd because for years and years and years, we've, we've heard that narrative of like, well, they cannibalize themselves. They beat each other up and all this other stuff. We're going to see that really happen this year and really be the cause of, I mean, l- listen, what do I always say? My, my dad's favorite quote about Vegas. They, they didn't build these billion-dollar hotels in the middle of the desert out of nothing, right? Like, I mean, Vegas does what they're doing. There's a reason why, and like I know with Bet Online, the highest team win total is eight. In some places, it's seven and a half. Seven and a half. I mean, so you're going to see a lot of that this this year. What what I what I wonder is, are people going to try to find an excuse to fit in? I mean, say there's a team in the Big Twelve that is like, you know, like think about this, Connor. Think about if the two favorites from each division. Okay, say Bama and Georgia go eight and two, right? And then one of them goes nine and two and eight and three, but they're clearly top four teams in the in the country. Do we hold one of those teams back because Texas went nine and one, but Oklahoma went ten and zero, or you know, like some other school, like like a Iowa State who you drafted for whatever reason in that thing, or, or if if the ACC well, you drafted him, right? Yeah, well, yeah, the Cyclones. Well, after Bear Felica, he he pointed out some. Some great, great stats today about Iowa State. I had no idea about. Um, that was pretty awesome. But so, but then like, or or like a Clemson, where it's like, you know, and I tell you what, this is the one that everyone should be fearing. So, say you have Clemson, who's eleven and zero if they play the conference tournament or the the conference um, championship game. So eleven and zero, twelve and zero. The Big Twelve. You have Oklahoma, who's ten and zero, eleven and whatever. Then you have the SEC, and they are eight and two or nine and two after the SEC championship game. And you have another team like Georgia or Florida. That is, or even LSU, that is eight and two, 
eight and three, something along those lines, or nine and two, but didn't get it, or eight and two, but didn't get in the SEC championship game. But Notre Dame is nine and one. Well, well we here's know the full thing. W- Go ahead. For for the ACC and Big Twelve, the difference between those two conferences and the SEC, and what why that's important to remember this year, is that there's no divisions there. It's just the best yeah. two teams are going to be playing for conference championship. Right. And it's the same thing that it is every year in that regard, in that in order for that scenario to happen, it involves Oklahoma or Clemson losing, which, based on the way things have gone in the last few years, I wouldn't exactly hold my breath on those teams not winning their respective conferences, considering Oklahoma's the only Big 12 team to make it to the playoff, and Clemson is the only ACC to make it to the playoff since that 2014 season when Florida State made it in there as kind of a lame duck reigning national Mm -hmm. champion who wasn't as good as what the record indicated. So... When you keep those things in mind and you consider that they are still significant favorites to go to the college football playoff, it would have to take the exact doomsday scenario in order for a team like a UNC or a team like Texas making that push to where them clinching the conference championship with one or two losses, which if you do that this year in a Power 5 conference, you are in. Yeah. Where, where then a team like Clemson or something or Oklahoma not winning their respective conference championship would knock out the second SEC team. Because other than that, I think the odds this year more than ever favor the SEC having a second team in the college wow. football playoff. I, I just yeah. think that that's the way that it sets up. And even if there's some sort of group of five chance, which you can kind of go both ways on that this year as, a, as to whether or not a group of five team would actually have... Yeah. a chance to be able to make the field. They basically need all hell to break loose and it just to be loaded with a bunch of three lost teams. But I think that that still favors the SEC. And I keep coming back to this belief of like, we're just going to get more and more entrenched into our preseason beliefs. And as of right now, yep. it's not just a love. belief. It's a statement of fact. The SEC has more teams in the top 25 than any other conference. Yep. And I don't know when that's going to change anytime soon. I just, you know, one, shout out to the Facebook for giving, you, you know, Facebook memories never gives you like a good memory. Maybe it's just me that it's feels that way. a great point. Because I had such a checkered past. I don't know. But like. No, I delete Facebook posts on okay. an almost daily basis. I'm right there That's with you. That's a smart move. But so I'm like looking up and it's like, hey, Chris, we care. And always that, that BS tagline where it's like, we care about you and we care about your memories. And we want you to cherish them or whatever it is. And it's like, sure you do. here's what you did a year ago. And it was like. That gif of the guy or the video of the guy was like, wake up, wake up. And it was like, wake up, guys. It's Christmas morning. It's college football season starting. So I hate Facebook. But anyway, sorry. Um, I will say, and shout out Alan Pesty. I'm sorry for saying that because I know you work there. You're the man. I appreciate the, the tour we got to go on. You're the best. Now, that being said, I, I see what you're saying with, like, the SEC could have, like, as strong of a case as ever to get in, right? Yep. What you're what you're discounting and, and forgetting about here, and you do this a lot, Connor, is the way you think of stuff is in a logical and rational way. That's not how college football works ever. Fair Just point. Saying. Fair point. So. I'll take that. As soon as games are played, there is a decent chance the SEC has four of the top six teams in the country. Yeah. Think about that. <laughs> think about that. Because Penn State likely coming out. Ohio State, likely coming out. That would bump Florida up into that right. group. Um, so, can we talk about LSU for a second? Because... I, yeah, you're not going to like what I have to say about it. But we're going to disagree it. on this. We're going to disagree on this, and that's okay. They are, by the way... This is a good question for Stump Marler. I'm not sure if you saw this on Twitter or not. They are the first national champs to start the following year outside of the top five since wow. who? Outside of the t- oh, Texas, uh, Florida State 2013. Incorrect. Well, Florida State won the national championship in 2013. Oh, I'm thinking of the, other, the opposite way. They started outside of the top 10 or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. 2011 oh, Auburn. Oh, yeah, that is the answer, and I was so excited to say it. Yeah. Then they started outside the top 10. They lost their first game to Clemson. I was, it was a beautiful day. Started number 23 that year. Yeah. Shout out to our guy, Gene Chizik. So, I get it. I know that LSU ranks number 127 out of 130 FBS teams in percentage of returning production. Bill Connolly, as I always say, puts that together every year. He used to be at SB Nation, now he's at ESPN. I get that Joe Brady and Dave Aranda are gone. I get that Joe Burrow's gone. I get that they had more production leave to the NFL draft than anybody in the country, and it's not even close. But there is no way 
that Oklahoma should be ranked ahead of LSU. There's just no way. After what we witnessed on that field that day, where there was nobody in that building that thought Oklahoma's first stringers could hang with LSU's second stringers. Yeah, Let's, that's fair. So, so keep that in mind as you talk about how much LSU lost. And by the way, Oklahoma, the same team that hasn't beaten a quality big, tw- uh, a quality non-Big 12 team since 2017, when Baker Mayfield planted the flag at Ohio State. They haven't done Beautiful anything day. outside of the conference since then. Oklahoma has, since that time, lost to three different SEC teams in the playoff, Two of which were games that were over at halftime, and that was with First two quarter. Heisman. That was with First two. Quarter. Yes, two Heisman Trophy winners and a Heisman runner-up. Most recently, LSU was the team to do that. The team that made them look like an FCS team. LSU's second stringers could have stayed on the field and and beat that Oklahoma team, and you can't convince me otherwise. So I don't want to hear about Oklahoma being better than LSU to start off the year. That you legitimately feel like LSU could step on the field tomorrow and beat LSU. When, by the way, Oklahoma ranked number 82 in FBS in percentage of returning production. Spencer Rattler, I get it. We're excited. Oh, returning production. Yes. How many starters they have returning? By eight. the way, eight on offense, eight on defense. By the way, here's the thing to keep in mind. That that number the. Number eighty-two in percentage of returning production, and by the way, that I don't like the the just adding up the total number of starters as much because I love it. Teams skew it all the time. If a guy starts three games, it's oh he's a returning starter just based on like kind of yep. when he started. Teams skew that all the time. That was before that number of number eighty-two in the country in percentage of returning production. They lost Trey Sermon via grad, mm-hmm. via grad transfer to Ohio State and. Kennedy Brooks, their starting tailback, their stud tailback, opted out last week. So I don't want to hear about Oklahoma deserving to start off better than LSU when I have seen year after year Oklahoma not be good enough to hang with the SEC's best. And so I can't sit here today and say that, yeah, Oklahoma's without a doubt better than the SEC's best. They're not better than Clemson. They're not going to be better than the SEC's best. I don't think Oklahoma's better than the SEC's best. They're better than LSU. And LSU is not the best from the SEC this year. You're betting tomorrow. You're betting on Oklahoma to win against LSU on a neutral site. Yes, I 1,000% am. And and that is because they have more... They have more returning and more pieces in place. In a year of uncertainty, they have more stability and more pieces in place than LSU does. LSU is, has Jamar Chase. They have a lot of talent on that roster. I, I saw I saw somebody tweet it out this weekend. I, I think it was our, our buddy Frank um, from from SEC This Morning. Frank, Frank Fowler. Fowler. Love him to death. And he retweeted like a, a picture of or a video of Miles Brennan throwing a deep ball to, to Jamar Chase. Looked great. Fantastic stuff. Here's the deal. They lost everyone. They Not lost. Everyone. They they lost everyone. They lost literally everyone. Bolitnikoff and, winner, best defensive sure. player in the country, back. Okay, and they lost fourteen players to the NFL draft. They lost so many starters gone. They and, and, and again from this is from we went from. What we saw last year with LSU, and this is not me hating on LSU. It's not me saying that LSU is not going to be good or anything like that, because LSU is going to be a good football team. That being said, this LSU football team, when they came in last year, this is a team that finished. 13th or 14th for eight or nine straight years in touch in passing touchdowns from a quarterback. And that was when we had Steve Insminger there. It was before uh, Joe Brady was there and before Joe Burrow was there. But for eight or nine straight years, they finished 13th or 14th in the conference in touchdowns thrown from a quarterback. Third, like last or second to last for almost a decade straight. And I get that a lot of those years is because less miles there. But some of those years were also with Joe Burrow. Some of those years are also under Coach O. And all of a sudden, we've seen the Steve Insminger project on his own. We, we've seen it before. But he's running a different system It wasn't system great. Now. He's running an Outstanding. entirely different system. And, and the other system involved Joe Brady. It was predicated on having the best quarterback, not just in program history. The be- and that's a, the best the best quarterback maybe. And in, in in, I don't want to say he, Joe Burrow is the best college quarterback I've ever seen. Because I don't know if that's true. Best single season in college football But he's history. the best single yeah. season in college football history. And that is gone. And he's also losing... The offensive coordinator. Now, again, we saw the two different years. We saw we saw what Joe Burrow looked like the year before, and there's a lot of reasons why those numbers jumped this, the following year. Like like whether it because whether it be because he came in and only had a couple weeks to prepare, whether it be because he had his senior year, he was basically like what what our buddy our buddy Hester said, where he was just on like basically like a professional athlete. Like he had like nine hours of I think uh, graduate level classes or something like that, or maybe twelve hours maybe. Uh, of, of grad school classes. He took most of them online, if not all of them online, and had had just football to focus on. And that's awesome. But 
that's not the case this year. You don't have a quarterback that's as talented. You don't have the number one quarterback in the NFL draft returning. You don't have the offensive coordinator that made all of these changes happen. So I just, for me, it's like, I think LSU is going to be really good. They have one of the best defensive lines in college football. They have, as you've said a thousand times, maybe the best offensive player in the, in the country returning with what is not up for debate, the best defensive player in the country in Derek Singley Jr. Fantastic talent all up and down this roster. I don't feel like LSU, after losing all of that talent from what we've seen for LSU for years and years and years, is all of a sudden like they're world beaters. I just don't. If they're playing a game tomorrow, I'm betting on LSU to win against Oklahoma by two touchdowns. I, well, I, Connor, I, that's because your logic and reason <sighs> is flawed. <laughs> I just I, I come back to the belief. Look, yep. I think that LSU people that ex- are expecting them to fall off the face of the earth are ignoring the 2018 season in which they won a New Year's Six Bowl with a lot of those same pieces not necessarily in place. And even if even if that's what they fall back to, which I think. Now, like that's that's what if you're if you're LSU, yeah. that's what you expect your floor to be from now on, and you expect to have those years where you compete for a national championship. I and, and here's here's a better way to say this, in my opinion, or, or like from my end, I guess, because I, I do think that is the floor. I think that that is what the expectation level should be in Baton Rouge, right? Yep. And and you talk about that, but again, you go from one year to the other, and I'm not trying to say this is a homer. I'm 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 genuinely not trying to say this is a homer. But it's hard to think that a team that had seven top ten wins, right? It had seven top ten wins. One of the the best seasons, probably the most impressive season in college football history, doesn't take a step back. And when you look at that 2018 team, which did beat UCF, sure. and, it did, and it also lost to a first-year Dan Mullen coach team in the Swamp. It also lost 29 nothing to Alabama and gave up over 500 yards of offense. There's a lot of things that are – like that team could, as a whole – I think LSU goes eight and two. I, I I think they win eight games. I think they go to a, a better bowl and, and they end up in you know at the end at the end of the season we look at them they they may be a, they may be a top ten team. However, I also don't think that they're going to beat A and M fifty to seven. I don't think they're going to run Florida out of the building. I don't think they're going to run Auburn out of the building in 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 Jordan here. And I tell you what, and, and this is from a fan. I don't think that on on November fourteenth when they play Alabama in, in Death Valley after what happened last year and there's a five point win after all those things. Oh, that's fair. I don't think they beat Bama for the sixth time in in, in sixty years. Th- that's in, in perfectly fair. Years. I I'm not ranking LSU ahead of Bama. I'm not doing that today. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. Are you I, telling me I missed the entire argument, Connor? <laughs> I oh, when I when I went through and I looked at all these different yeah. voters and that's one of the fun things if you if you're like I'm bored at work I need something to do. You yeah, should oh go yeah, this to, is great. Go to the AP Top 25 website where the poll comes out, and in the original place where it comes out, and you can see all of the votes from every single AP voter, and you can see all of their ballots in there, and you can dissect it, and you can break it down. And the more I looked at these, and I, it was almost unanimous, I felt like seeing Oklahoma ranked ahead of LSU. And I'm thinking to myself, like, goodness gracious, man, the last time you saw Oklahoma on the field, they were a freaking JV squad next to this LSU team. Okay. And I can't I can't get over that. Like, if you want to, I'm not going to say, even though I know Georgia hasn't had necessarily the, the success against LSU, I get that. That game was at least a little bit closer than the Oklahoma game. And I yeah, would still fair. make I would still venture to say that that Georgia defense returns so much production off of that group last year, yeah. as opposed to an Oklahoma team that's not even in the top 100 in percentage of returning offensive production. But we do this thing, we do this thing where we say LSU is not going to be able to reload in the same way when that team has been recruiting ridiculously well. What's going to happen with the guys like Eric Gilbert, the guys like Racy McMath, who are expected to take on these big, massive roles, Jabril Cox, that aren't part of that returning production last year, even a Miles Brennan as well, which I'm not saying Miles Brennan's going to be Joe Burrow. I'm not saying that at yeah. all. I'm not. But I'm I just not think worried that about t- any of them. They lost both coordinators. I get I, it. I, I tell you what. what and Springer saying? was the coordinator, but sure. yeah. Absolutely. Uh Absolutely, yeah, and Santa's real. So here's the thing. I, I think hater. that I think that, I, no, I'm not a hater. I'm trying to speak in absolute facts. I love Steve Enzinger and I, I love LSU. You guys know that. I've got an LSU. I got a beat Auburn purple and gold bu- button right next to this. I'm drinking to have an LSU cup right now, Connor. Again, but here's the deal. But let me let me backtrack here for a second and say maybe I agree with you on the Oklahoma thing. Maybe That's I agree with the Oklahoma thing. That's fair. But let me, but let me say this. The whole thing. I hate that this is what it's been deduced to, where it's like, all right, well, if you don't think LSU is going to return everyone, all of a sudden this is who we are. I don't. I, I like, and I, and I think maybe, maybe even next year we see that. But there's no way you're telling. Like, think about the like the like 
the benchmark and and like th- think about what they set like the standard from last year yeah versus to what they have returning like we saw things listen I am not trying to come at LSU fans or this team and this and I could be totally wrong a lot of times I am I'm not but anyway <laughs> if if LSU you think about the standard they set last year right like this is this is think about like the the stats we see every April from Bama and Ohio State and and then we always see about 2001 Miami at these six first rounds all these other things, 14 NFL draft picks. Yeah. The effing long snapper was drafted. Connor. Backup tight end was drafted. Backup tight end was drafted. 14 different players were drafted, and it could have been more. It honestly should have been more. So I just I just have a feeling that like. I get what they have in place. I, I get what they have coming back. I love Eric Gilbert. I tell you what, John Emery Jr., no one's talking about this kid. I think he's going to have a phenomenal year. When you look at Oklahoma especially, Hazelwood's out with the torn ACL. Yeah, you know what? If, if it was tomorrow, maybe i I put money in LSU. But when we are talking specifically SEC versus LSU, I, I have a very hard time. Like, like, I have a very hard time thinking they're all of a sudden just going to be like, Year in, year out, gonna do what some right. of those teams like Clemson, Bama, Ohio State do this year. I, and again, I think I think that the foundation for that with Coach O, that's in place. I just don't think that it's gonna happen this year. Fair enough. Fair enough. Crazy. <laughs> what do you think about the other SEC teams ranked in the top twenty-five? I had originally thought. I, I was a little bit surprised that in the coaches' poll, Tennessee wasn't ranked, and in the AP, they just squeaked in at yeah. number 25, considering all the hype around Tennessee this offseason. The way that they finished last offseason, I almost feel yeah. like voters were very cognizant <laughs> of that, and they, they said to themselves, I cannot let myself fall in love with Tennessee. Yeah. I thought they'd be ranked a little bit higher. And I did a prediction for what I thought the AP poll would look like. Yep. Shout out to myself. I think I got everybody within three placements yeah. with the exception of Minnesota, who I had them ranked. I, I guessed that they were going to come in at number 25 because after the Rashad Bateman news, Bateman right. news with him opting out, I thought that people were going to drop them even further. That, that ultimately did not happen. But... I was relatively like I was in the ballpark with every single team, and yeah. but at the same time, I thought Tennessee would get a little bit more love. Would you have Tennessee higher than twenty-five? And you, I had people? a problem with every single one besides Bama, and here's why. No, I'm kidding. I, I don't have a problem with Tennessee being ranked twenty-five. I think when you have a national brand and a name like Tennessee, you kind of expect them to be up there. Now, what I was surprised about was, so LSU was fifth, right? LSU was sixth. They're fifth in the coach's poll. I'm sorry. Every other single play, a team in the SEC was ranked the same besides Tennessee and LSU. It was up by one spot as, as the coach's poll from the AP poll. Um, I, I I don't have a problem with Tennessee being ranked. My issue with where a team should be ranked, in my opinion, is Kentucky. I just don't get – like, you know, we just went on this whole 20-minute argument about, about LSU and how they should almost get, like, the benefit of the doubt because of all this, the recruiting and stuff like that. And then it's like you look at Kentucky and everyone they have in place – I mean, Jesus Christ, guys! They ran up. They ran up a, a, a full-on offense that was Lynn Bowden running running the Wildcat for eighty-three percent of plays. You know, eighty-three percent of that plays were runs, and then all of a sudden, and like they returned what is. And I, I don't know if you saw this this weekend, but the preseason All SEC team that had yep. two, two Kentucky offensive linemen on it. Um, Darren Kennard, Drake Jackson, yeah. Yeah, I just have a feeling that like I, I, I think even if you want to put Tennessee at like twenty-one. And take UCF completely out. I think I think that like I just I was I was surprised. Like I, I would have thought that Tennessee would have been around the nineteen to twenty three range, and that Kentucky would have been right on that bubble. And and I'm, I was just honestly I'm disappointed that they didn't. And I, like the fact that Arizona State is getting sixty six votes to be in, and somehow Kentucky's um. only getting twenty. Washington's only getting twenty or getting twenty-one. App State, after they lost their coach, getting twenty-six. Like these, and these are all just like their votes. So you're basically saying, hold on, twenty-six, twenty-seven, thirty-fourth, thirty-fourth, thirty-fourth is a yeah. joke for this Kentucky team. And it makes me so mad. Back to what you were originally asking, and I'll try to stay on topic for once in my life. Tennessee, <laughs> I have I have zero problems with Tennessee being ranked at twenty-five. I, I think I think it says a lot for that that program what Jimmy Pruitt's done. I think that they've they've had a lot of momentum this offseason, and I think they're, they're going to be a good football team. They've got a lot of young talent in place. I, I just think, and I don't think the Cade Mays thing is going to be something that, like, you know, like that 
doesn't like deter the momentum of where this program's headed or how they're going to do this year even. I, I just, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> they finished the season really strong. But as we know, it was the weakest part of their schedule. And so I just, I, I think we'll know a lot about Tennessee after the first two or three weeks of the season. They need, just, they need Cade Mays to compete with the Floridas and Georgias. That's yeah. what I think. That That's where I think that, that loss potentially, or if he appeals and plays, that that's where his presence will be felt most. Yeah. Here's something that I've been thinking about the last few days, because I've had to do a lot of top 25 stuff. We have top 25 week coming out with a lot of different content. And I was thinking about if Tennessee had added JT Daniels, and I'm not saying that it would have been like a home run, it would have automatically yeah. worked, or that he would have been a system fit, but just in terms of the offseason hype train, because we've seen how these things work with quarterback transfers, if they had added a JT Daniels, they're probably in the top 20 to start the year. They're probably top 15. Ah, like, they would I mean, have been getting even more Because what love. you said, what, what yep. you're saying with like the fact that it's a quarterback, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's the I mean, one they, thing that's preventing people from really being yeah. all in. You know what? I'll venture to say if they had if they had a spring game with Harrison Bailey throwing a couple touchdown passes, oh, people man. would have Tennessee in the They'll top They've got to watch this freshman. This freshman could take oh, this team man. to the top. And I tell you what, what is kind of funny about this is, I mean, so you've probably already looked at this or added it up even. How many of these teams are going to be dropping out? So the nine teams that are, there are nine teams in the top 25 who do not have fall seasons. So theoretically, a team like Tennessee is going to move up. Theoretically, a team like Kentucky is going to move up without having played a game. Mississippi State was the other SEC team who was receiving votes. They got three, three votes towards the AP poll. And other than that, I don't know. If nobody gave Ole Miss a preseason top 25 vote, I don't <laughs> so think it's weird. going to happen before they play a game or anything like that. But yeah. there's a realistic chance that when the SEC kicks off play, that there could easily be nine SEC teams ranked in the top 25. I, I tell you what, and I, the reason why I think that is important is because we've spent all this time in the offseason talking about, oh, well, you know, the, the uh, what do you call it, like the Big Ten's not going to play, the Pac-12's not going to play. Already, just from the way this is this looks, and, and I tell you what, you call it whatever you want. I'm gonna call it charity at, at this point. When you, when you're having when you're having teams like Utah and Iowa at 24 and 22, like ranked 24th and 22nd, I think that's so undeserving and so lame to put in there. But you basically have six. You have sorry, you have seven SEC teams, and you have nine from the Pac-12 and the Big Ten combined. Well, and so maybe, I'll, go ahead. I'll push back on that just to say, look, there are power five teams that won double-digit games last year. Iowa and Utah okay. both. Which, They're not playing I get football it. this year. Put I Kentucky get in. I get it. I, I think that Kentucky is, is better than both those teams right there, probably, if I'm, if I'm picking yeah. them to, to play a game on a neutral site. I also understand why they're trying to eliminate this because it's all going to get sorted out anyways and I get why they're trying to just say, look, let's just pretend that everybody's on the same sort of playing field here and we can just have one discussion about what the top 25 would have looked like because it could potentially skew things in a ridiculous way for a team that starts off in the top 15, but it's like, oh yeah, that was the year in which only three power five conferences were playing. So like, right. I get it from that standpoint and this is all going to get itself worked out. The one other thing that I wanted to, to make note of here. I know I've said this a lot, and I won't say the stat again. I promise I won't say the stat. Interesting to see A&M number 13 in the country and not coming in like with top five, top six buzz based on a schedule, which is the <laughs> dumbest thing in the world to do. You don't do that. When would ah. they be top five? Who thought they should have been top five? So I'm glad you asked because I oh, looked up God. some things about the AP top 25 ballots. You know what I'm tired of, Connor? It's just lately <laughs> I have just been falling right into these damn traps. I love it. I love it. One of the interesting <laughs> things that I found was Reese Davis, someone who I really, oh really God. respect. Someone who uh, my wife hopes I age into a Reese Davis type look. I'll just say who that. Who doesn't, huh? Um, and maybe I'm going I, for a John Cruck type thing. That's hey, John Crux had a very successful career, and maybe I started wearing the glasses to look a little bit more like Reese Davis by the day. Whatever, he had A and M at number four. That is so stupid. Poll, which I love you, Reese. I really, really do, and I feel like he is so often the voice of reason in all things college football. But I guarantee you, Reese doesn't know my stat. He doesn't know it. 
Because if he did, he would not be standing by that. There's no way. I feel like Reese Davis, maybe that's why he's been... Not that I hope he's... Not that I think he's hoping the season's canceled, but maybe that's why he's been talking about the season maybe not being played. Because he, he knows what's at stake after saying that they're going to finish. Uh, they're, they're fourth. That, that is fourth is ahead of who? So last year, um, this is totally unrelated. This is just more Reese Davis love. Before the Florida-Miami game, they had media availability down at Disney with all the college game day people where you get to yeah. kind of, you know, interview, you know, Corso and Herb Street and Reese Davis, Laura Rutledge, all those people. And um, I thought, kind of thought to myself, all right, I'm going to go for kind of a Reese Davis sort of vibe going into this thing. And don't you know what? Reese Davis walks out to like, you know, like eight or nine of us media members who are waiting to talk to him and stuff. And it's before the start of the season, so we're going to ask him about 2019 season stuff. Yeah. And dude's wearing like, I think almost the exact same shirt that I am. Like literally the same shirt. And I had a moment where I paused and I said, all right, today is a win. If I'm dressing, if I'm looking like Reese, I'm feeling like Reese, I'm in I'm in good shape. I, I, I love the guy. But A&M at number four. Like, Carve your own path, Connor. I, I, I'd follow Reese's path all day. Dude knows what he's doing. Dude knows what he's That's doing. Fair. But A&M at four, yeah. Uh, a human being put Northwestern in the top 25. Now you had a big problem with that, but I'm looking at Phil Steele right now, who says they're going to be one of the most, they're the one of the most look, uh, improved teams in the country. So look, you're stupid. I'm a Pat Fitzgerald believer. I'm a oh Peyton Ramsey believer. Peyton Ramsey is the quarterback from Indiana who transferred to Northwestern. Northwestern was Peyton one Ramsey and eight. is the name of the actor of one of the nerds from uh, Big Bang Theory. I'm pretty confident. I think Not you're wrong really on that. Something. I, I think you're wrong on that. Yeah. It's just a joke. Northwestern was 1-8 in Big Ten play last year. They lost their conference games by an average of 15 points. Northwestern starting off in the top 25 is a joke. Brett McMurphy had Florida at number four. Gators starting off at number four. I think Florida, with its actual ranking at number eight, there is still this, look, we got to see it beat Georgia first with in terms of voters and the way yeah. they feel about that. And, and I get it. And I don't think Florida fans should necessarily be upset by that when Florida's sitting there having won consecutive New Year's Six Bowls with a, a very legitimate no, chance to no, get Connor. over the hump. That's where you're wrong. It's, they haven't beaten Georgia in three years. Can you imagine? Three? Three years? It might as well have been doing. a century. I know it's what like you're doing. three whole years? I can't... You know, honestly, it, and it's just one of those things, the, in that rivalry especially, I don't think Georgia's ever gone three years without beating Florida. I don't think it's ever happened. By the way, as our good friend Bear Felica pointed out, this is Georgia's third consecutive year starting off in the top five. Before 2018, Yeah, Georgia had three such top five rankings in the preseason and in program history. That's that's crazy. I had to look that up crazy. to make sure he was right on that, and he was. He was 100% well, it's, right. it's weird, too, thinking about that, because like I can tell you right now, there's there's... I can name three years off the top of my head where they were definitely... Wor- I think one of those years was 2004. The one of them was 2008. All right, we're not going to keep going down this road because I don't like it, but because I think Georgia deserves to be a top five team this year. And those years did not turn out as well, I think, for them. And there was a Herschel year, I believe. It would have been 81, I would assume. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and they were actually really good that year too. But I, I think that uh, this this stuff. I think I think th- is this the year? This is the year, whether we want to call it what do you call it or not, um, hedging or not. I think this is what I said last year. Yes, well, didn't did. I say 20, 2020 is the year, right? Sheesh. Let's go, dogs. <laughs> um, other noteworthy things from the AP ballots that I creeped on. Bob Asmussen had Minnesota at number 10, ranked ahead of the Florida Gators at number 11. More Interesting. like Bob Asmussen, am I right? It is very it is very good work covering Illinois football. He breaks a lot of Illinois football news. As many people listening to this what? podcast, what? I'm, I'm sure they sorry, know. what? He does, you know, he does he does the Lord's work. A tremendous job of, of covering uh, Citadel basketball, and it's just if you if you need anything remotely close to those that news, like just make sure you head right over there, to Bob Asmussen. Sorry, Bob. Adam Zucker, who does great work covering SEC on CBS. He's sipping the fall Kool-Aid a little bit. He's got Tennessee at number 17. That was the highest ranking that I saw. Yeah. I, I looked at a lot of different polls. So if there's someone higher on Tennessee than him, let me know about it. But I thought that was noteworthy. 17, very high. My favorite thing about that show, like the because the, I'll watch it all the time, the CBS, um, what do you call it, the CBS uh, like weekly show. It comes out on Tuesdays. It's got Houston Nutt. Mm-hmm. Adam Zucker, and then whoever else is on, I think Rick Neuheisel. 
And then who is that mm. one guy? Uh, he's a big. He's not an Oklahoma guy. He's uh, I can't remember his name. Um, but my favorite thing about that show is that they're good for at least once a week. One of them will say some stupid blank that is like <laughs> like it's like, like mm-hmm. they, they they will go the furthest out onto a limb that doesn't need to be gone out on, and it's like you know what Temple. Watch out for Temple this weekend. They're going to beat Ohio State or something crazy like that. So I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with the Tennessee thing. I'm, I'm not surprised though that they were that if it was that group that might have said that. Okay. Don Williams had LSU at number ten, ranked behind four SEC teams. Which, okay, not as bad as Robert Cessna, who had LSU ranked number twelve, behind five SEC teams. Come on. And by the way, Soren Petro had LSU at number 14. Come on. What are we doing here? I got to say, excuse me. Here's the deal. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I guess that's bad. I don't, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say because, like, I think 14 is too low. I'll tell you what. If you guys remember that 2011 Auburn team, and I'm not trying to hate on Auburn at all, and, and like a lot of times I would, but not this time. But, like, that Auburn team you knew was not going to be very good. Like, at least from where they were the year before. That level of drop-off from last year's LSU to this year's LSU, I, I, I think there's definitely something to be said for they are the defending national champions. Put some respect on their name. They don't need to be that low. I, yeah. I, I, could, I don't, I don't think they should be out of the top ten. That 2011 Auburn team, I think, went 7-5. and five. They were like the first They were the first defending national champion that didn't win like nine games the, next, the following year, eight games. It was, it was something crazy. Like of all time, of all time. Yeah. Um. I, I. I. will say this LSU team shouldn't be that low. I guess. Coach O is just sitting there right now, just licking his lips. You know. As the skies are blue. That's Louis Armstrong, not Coach O. Same person. You yes. know it. All right. Did we? Have they any also other... got one number one number one uh, vote. This is true. This is true. Yeah. Did you have any other AP top twenty-five thoughts? I got a lot of thoughts, Connor. I, Michigan at 16 is hilarious to me. I just, I just, I couldn't help. I thought it was funny that Michigan and USC were ranked right, right next to each other. It was just like, if there's not a, a better example of just like the national media doing their due diligence of propping up these has-been programs that used to be really good, and USC might have been better this year, but Michigan is just such a joke. I mean, just, I mean, that's all. I just, I, I'm like, I'm over the Michigan hype train ever since I heard that stat of. Of like winning half a national championship since 1948 and just blows my mind. And then you know what? Here's the other thing too, and I'll say this, and and I think this is something about about like the SEC that you don't see as much necessarily. Minus stuff that's happened with Tennessee. No offense, guys, but like Michigan trying to prop themselves up like with as like one of the premier programs in the in the country. Like they they are a blue blood. They are one of like the national brands and all this other stuff. And and they are, I guess, sure, but like. Them trying to prop themselves up. Yesterday, there was a. I'm sorry. Them trying to prop themselves up with a half a national championship, and then this stat of going like, they. I think they're they've lost 13 of the last 14 to Ohio State. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. 13 of the last 14. And you think about it, some of these Michigan teams have been ranked in the top five during that stretch. It's not like Tennessee, and this is not a slight Tennessee, but Tennessee has been like, they had coach after coach that kind of ran that program into the ground, and they've had this terrible stretch of bad luck. Because of Kiffin and then Derek Dooley and all this other stuff, and they're coming out of it now. But this stuff with Michigan, it blows my mind because yesterday the, the Celtics beat the the 76ers in um, in a four game sweep in the NBA playoffs, first round. And Joel Embiid said it's not a rivalry because they always kick our ass. I don't want to hear anything about Michigan like this entire season and next season until they do one of these two things, which is win more than a half a national championship. Win their division, or three things, or beat Ohio State. It's just a joke. It's just a joke at this point. So I thought it was funny they were even ranked in the top 15, or top 16. They, for the first time since 2015, which was Harbaugh's first year, they will be starting the season outside of the top 15, which actually suggests should. kind of, hey, look, maybe people are finally realizing that they have they have a limited upside with, with what, about, what you they know try what? Start them, start them below Kentucky and let them work them their way up. Whatever. That's, that's about it. I, I thought it was good to see Minnesota up there in the top 20. Love it Cincinnati is in the top 20. Cincinnati. Really like does, Luke Fickle's done. 
Cincinnati is is very very much worthy worthy of yeah. a top twenty ranking despite the fact that they lost Michael Warren their stud tailback they returned a lot of defensive production from oh. that group I had kind of said before if there was going to be a group of five team to get to a playoff this year a team like Cincinnati would would fit the bill of the team that could do that and last but not least actually I'll say two more things Texas A and M being one spot ahead of Texas is just just chef's kiss so beautiful so beautiful and you know what we're 55 minutes in so let me do a full 180 here and just come say yeah maybe you're right about oklahoma i'm looking through the top 10 and maybe maybe besides florida and notre dame i don't know who i would bet on them uh to beat and therein lies the problem therein lies the problem okay one last thing that i wanted to hit on before we sign off and it's something that I think college football fans are going to talk about throughout this season. And People if saying cauliflower is like a real starch and trying to make it like in place of like mashed potatoes. I don't want any part of that. This Irish man is not hearing that Love it. at all. This national championship should absolutely count. And I'm not just saying that because Dabo said that. I bring this up because some are going to try and discredit it. Some are going to try and say that if a team has to cancel a game, if we see games played with teams that have three starters out because of COVID or quarantine, whatever the case. Some are going to say, you know, it's only six FBS conferences, three Power Five conferences. And I know that there are Big Ten and Pac-12 fans who don't want it to count. But the college football playoffs still happening. By the way, the first shows for that aren't going to happen until November 17th, as we found out today. Okay. Not going to be around the time of Halloween, so college football fans, set your calendar for that. But yes, it should absolutely count. The ACC and SEC are the only conferences who won a playoff game in the last five years. Let me repeat that because I think I said it too fast. The ACC and the SEC are the only conferences who won a playoff game in the last five years. That is the last 15 games that have been won by either the ACC or the SEC. Even if you include Ohio State's close loss to Clemson this past year, the Big Ten and Pac-12 are 0-4 with an average margin of defeat of 23 points in the last five seasons. This was already going to be a year in which there weren't going to be non-conference games among Power 5 teams. So when you factor in that, and then you kind of take a step back and you look at the other historical data, which is that of the 24 invites during the playoff era, 18 of them went to teams who are still playing fall football. Yeah. Also, the national title winner is going to face either 12 or 13 Power 5 teams. All playoff champs except 2017 Alabama, sorry, had to go there, faced either 12 or 13 Power 5 teams the years that they won. But here's the kicker. College football, much to the frustration of many, myself included, is about as regional a sport as there is. And I hate that, but it's reality. It's been reality during normal seasons. It's reality during whatever season this is. 2015 Alabama, 2016 Clemson, and 2019 LSU only faced three Power Five conferences. 2017 Alabama, 2018 Clemson, they won the national championship with only facing two Power Five conferences. Why are we going to sit here and pretend like you have to face all Power Five conferences to be declared a champion when that's never been the case? And it's not going to be the case this year. And that's a bummer. But maybe this would be a different discussion if the Big Ten or the Pac-12 had actually done anything in the playoff after playing for a national championship in 2014. But that is not the case. And while I think that it's frustrating for a team like Ohio State, it's a bummer for a team like Penn State or Oregon to be in this spot where you feel like you had a legitimate chance. You know what? It's still a real national championship, and you're not going to be a part of it, and that yeah, sucks. Yeah, and you chose that, and you did it to yourself, and I'm not even going to get started because yeah, you know I'm going to get mad. That, yeah. Okay, so real quick, can we Presidents. also settle this? The all 12, or was it all 14? I don't even know how many teams are in the Big Ten. I don't really care. There's 14 teams in the Big Ten. I know it it's tough. Makes sense. Yep. Um, but all 14 ADs said they wanted to play? Is that a real, is all that a real 14, story? All 14 ADs reportedly said that they want to play. They were not discussed in terms of the decision-making, as we found out over the weekend. And we knew that was going to happen. Yeah, So we of can't really get too mad about that. But at the same time, it's like, this is this is such a, a BS. Kevin Warren is not going to, he's not going to have a job very long. I'll just say it. He's just not. He's not. Like, I, I hope, I hope there is... Plenty of room in those seats in Starkville for him to come down and, and just, you know, clang a cowbell, 
like see his son play, all that good stuff. Because he, I do feel bad for what his son long. is. I feel bad for what his yeah. son is going to have to go through. I think that's a bummer, without a doubt. Yeah, like, especially with this day and age, and he's just getting dragged on social media. Yeah. But at the same time, things have consequences. Decisions have consequences, and he had this entire off season to try to communicate and try to do anything. If this was something where he was like, "Hey, listen, this is kind of out of my hands," okay, like the president Rutgers, like blame somebody, bro. Lie longer instead of doing what you did. I just don't, I don't understand it. The other thing I will say is this. when And this is something that I know Ohio State fans just absolutely love, love to bring up. I mean, death taxes and 85 yards to the heart of the South, okay? Like that 2014 run where Ohio State won the national championship, in my opinion, is in the playoff era especially, the most impressive playoff run outside of maybe what the giants in 2007 when they were the the sixth team in the wild card and then came back and had the david tyree catch and, and beat the the pats who were 17 18 and 0 that is unbelievably impressive what they were able to do with a third string quarterback to go beat the number one team that was bama and then go beat uh, marcus mariota my issue is this like marcus mariota and and oregon God, that did so, that did so much to hurt that conference. I think in terms of being taken seriously, like like I remember saying to my dad on the phone, I was like, you know, honestly, I hate that we lost to Ohio State, but nobody's beaten Oregon. I mean, Marcus Mariota had fifty-one touchdowns and four interceptions, forty-one through the air. I'm sorry, fifty-five touchdowns and four interceptions, forty-one through the air. And then you have Ohio State beat them. Ohio State fans love to beat their chest over over what they did to an SEC team in 2014. And I think with what's happening this year. And you start really thinking about it. What's that quote from Superbad? And he's like, why don't you go piss your pants again? <laughs> what's his name is? And he goes, that was like eight years ago. People that's don't what forget. I think of. People don't forget. Like, that's what I think of every time an Ohio State fan starts talking trash. It's like, okay, guys, like, you're going to have to move on at some point and start, like, like that was that was six years ago now. You're going to have to start making new memories and also start doing things that are impactful to where everyone else in the country takes you seriously. We make fun of Clemson all the time. Clemson's a good football program. Clemson is scary. I don't want to play Clemson. I would love to play a Pac-12 team or a, a Big Ten d- team, just bottom line. So so I think that that's context that needs to be taken into account this year as people are talking about whether yeah. this this is all legitimate and you know, are, are, are we really giving these teams a, a clear path to the playoff and to a national championship and all those things. Just remember that because you're going to hear – that people that are forever going to say this was going to be the year for Ohio State with Justin Fields coming back, everything was going to line up. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe I it would have been. That. <laughs> maybe yeah. I mean, maybe it would have been for all we know, and maybe Penn State would have had a legitimate chance as good as ever if Micah Parsons had not opted out and they had been playing a season. We'll never know. We'll never know. Yeah. But reality is, uh, a champion will be crowned. It will be legitimate, and that's going to be life in this weird, bizarre season. You know. Connor, last thing I want to say is this is you always do such a good job of saying stuff, and I think I finally figured out like our dynamic after two and a half, almost three years. It's been you a know while. what it is? It's kinda like it really has. It's kinda like you remember the old key and pill sketches where they had the calm Obama and the angry Obama? <laughs> like, that's you're obviously the angry one and I'm the calm one. So um no, I was just I was thinking about that though. I think that's that probably is what best describes us. Is like you rationally delivering something and be like and another thing how about this meme where they were peeing on each other or whatever it was from super bad so there we go i i'm gonna credit that to my apple watch just got an apple watch over the weekend uh Ooh, thank you to my wife a little anniversary right. present yeah excited it was your anniversary uh it is in a couple weeks by the way my uh oh. okay that is that is her texting me right now that i get on my, my apple watch sick brag you're uh, gonna end up being just like pastor patty sue it just it's gonna drive me nuts yeah, she has it and she's like, she'll start doing this, like with her wrist to her ear. And I'm like, Mom. Oh, no, I don't have back. the one that can talk on the phone. I don't, do, I, don't okay. I don't mess with that. I, it's nice to be able to get like a text or something like that. I really did just did it so, or I really got it essentially so that I would stop using my wife's on workouts and stuff like that. But yeah. <laughs> it has definitely made my life better. It does, it does remind you to breathe and do things like that, which I think we could all use at certain points. Yeah, there you go. So. All right, the plan this week is to be able to record. I think we're going to have a podcast come out on Friday. I am going to be road tripping for That's right. my 
sister-in-law's wedding this week. So I will be recording from the Midwest. I will have my boots on the ground doing some reporting on all things Big Ten. Not really. We're good on that. <laughs> we don't need any of that. We've had enough Big Ten talk in the last month. Probably tied everybody over for the next year or so. But we will still be having a podcast come out later in the week unless something crazy ridiculous happens. So, Marler, Louis Armstrong... What do we need to remember? It might be too much, Connor. I mean, come on now. That was a lot of Coach O. That was not Coach O. <laughs>